take our Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 3. Y'all heard me speak on Sunday. I was sounded really strong. I know I did compared to what I've been late. And I still feel pretty strong, but I've been talking nonstop all day. So my tongue is a little tired. I promise I've not had a drop to drink. I'm not going to promise about what happens after church. I'm just kidding, just kidding. I'm not going to have a drop to drink after church either. I'm back, hallelujah. One of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible is right here. Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? The word bewitched is the word baskaino. Baskaino, B-A-S-K-A-I-N-O. Baskaino. Baskai. Anytime you see A-I, in a Greek word, or in the Bible, really, it comes from Greek. You pronounce it I. <laughs> you hear me? You pronounce it I. Like Achaia, A-C-H-A-I-A. The A-I is A-E, A-E, like they did in Spanish. A-E, Achaia. That's how you do it. Bascaino, Bascaino. And it means, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for teaching uh, like Bible school students, uh, that's, that's who I teach all the time. It means to malign, to fascinate by false impressions, representations. It means to be witch. It's a tool that witches use to trick people into believing certain things. The Gentile Christians in Galatia, where's, where's Galatia? It's out there by, it's close to Philippi, but it's more close to Ephesus. You'll notice when the maps come up, <laughs> when the maps come up, this is Galatia. See that, see that big region right there? Galatia is like Texas. It's not a town. Paul wrote letters to all the churches. Lystra, Iconium, Derby were all in part of Galatia. <coughs> Paul was raised right over here in this town called Tarsus. See it? Paul was raised right there. He was very familiar with this, this, this piece of ground. He said, I'm a no-mean city of Tarsus of Cilicia. What he meant by no mean city, he meant no average city. Tarsus was a Roman, a Roman Empire colony, just like Philippi was. They got that status by being uh, faithful to the emperor when another guy was trying to over, overthrow his authority there. The Tarsians stood with the emperor and he made them all citizens of Rome. Pretty good deal, right? That's how Paul got his Roman citizenship. He was born in Tarsus. His parents had it, so he had it. Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey? Obey 
the truth. Now I want you to back up and let's talk about that word obey there. It's another one of those words that, that old-fashioned translators like to translate obey, but it did not mean to obey altogether. It, it meant to, to heed, to be convinced. It's the word pitho. Pitho, P-E-I-T-H-O. It's a Greek word meaning to be convinced of. In the one, it, before you get to the, the word obey in its de definition, you find the word believe. So all, all these, let me read you the, the, the definitions of pitho, to convince by argument, true or false, by analogy, to pacify or conciliate, to passively assent, to rely on evidence, to agree, to assure, to believe, to have confidence, to be content, to make a friend, persuade, trust, yield, and obey. It means all of that. But they chose obey because they want you to be obedient under the, under a legal thumb. The translator got it got this one wrong. He Paul is saying to them, listen to me, that you should not. Who hath bewitched you that you should not be convinced by faith of the truth? People obey all the time without believing. They do without believing. They obey all the time without believing. What did Judas do? He did what he was taught to do. He went back after he had betrayed the Lord, took 30 pieces of silver, and went back and gave it back to them. Repented with many tears. So much so he decided to kill himself. He didn't think he was worthy of even living. After that kind of betrayal, I agree. <laughs> but had he just used his faith in Jesus, he could have come out of it. Yeah. He obeyed. He did what the law demanded he do. But it didn't save him, did it? He was obedient to what he was taught to do in the Jewish tradition and Jewish law. But that wasn't enough to save him. Peter, on the other hand, believed. Peter, on the other hand, believed. And he didn't really do anything to, to fix it, what, he, what he'd done to Jesus. He just believed his, he was right with God when Jesus came and forgave him. I'm not against obedience. Don't, get, don't mis, misunderstand. You have to obey. When you've done something wrong, you'll be obedient. But righteousness does not come by obeying. Righteousness comes by believing, and obedience comes from that. Can I have a good amen? amen. Now, this, that you should not obey the truth, should not believe the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Wait a minute. When was Jesus Christ crucified? out in Asia Minor in front of all the Galatians. When was he crucified there? When Paul was beaten to pieces. Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. The beatings that Paul took would kill him, but he didn't die. He was stoned, but he didn't die. I believe he probably died two or three different times. That's just my own opinion. I believe he probably died or should have died 
two or three different times, but it just it wouldn't stay dead. Jews don't halfway kill somebody when they stone them. As much as they hated Paul, they hated that Paul, they hated his guts. And they stoned him one time, and he didn't stay dead. They never halfway do that job. You ever heard of anybody living through a stoning? stoning? It doesn't happen. Paul did. It was a death sentence and execution, and he lived through it. Philip didn't live through it. Philip was stoned. He didn't live through it. They hated Paul far more, far worse than they hated Philip. But they just didn't stone, stone him to death. It wasn't that they lacked stones. They could use the same one over and over. But they just couldn't kill the man. But he was crucified, in a sense, in front of them. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ. Now there's another aspect to this. Paul kept preaching Jesus. He kept painting the picture in front of them. Part of people seeing the crucified Savior is having him preached. The reason you know you're saved tonight is because you've been told you're saved by faith. You're saved by grace through faith in the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not saved because you, you performed well. I haven't always performed all that well. And Miss Ann has, but I haven't. Miss Ann's kind of perfect, you know. Kinda, I said. All the way. She is something that's special, I tell you. But she didn't, uh, she didn't uh, escape needing the grace of God. We all need the grace of God. I found a misspelling in my notes. I got to fix it. Okay. He is speaking of himself and of the message of Christ that he preached. The message of Christ is Christ died for our sins. That's crucified among you. The moment you believe on Jesus, he becomes crucified among you. We already looked at this in Galatians chapter 2, didn't we? Turn back to chapter to 2.20. Let's see this. Galatians 2.20. It's amazing, remarkable passage. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, now, now Paul is having, we know this, this letter in, in particular was being transcribed. <laughs> Paul is dictating it. And somebody's taking, taking it down as he writes it. We don't know who that was. Possibly Timothy, possibly Luke, we don't know. Paul dictated this letter to somebody. They wrote it down. Now imagine this. Paul said, now say this. I am crucified with Christ. God starts to write. I am Wait a minute, Paul, I can't say that. I can't say that to these people. Because you're standing right here. You're not crucified. Write it down. Write down what I tell you. I am crucified with Christ. But Paul, if I write that down, that's not true. You're right here with me. Are you hearing me? This is one of the greatest statements of faith ever spoken. But every believer says it from his heart. 
I believe when Christ died, I died then too. When I believed on Jesus' resurrection, I came back to life with Him. Amen. Glory to God. That's good right there. That's why I can say, I am crucified with Christ. I'll never die again. I'll never die again. Come on, tell somebody beside you, I'm not going to die again. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave me himself for me. He's really saying all this to Peter too. He's part of his, he's part of his record of his conversation with Peter. He says there in verse 21, I did not frustrate the grace of God, Peter, like you do. For if righteousness come by the law, and Christ died for nothing. Verse 2. Is that verse 1 really? That's all we've gotten? We're going to be in this chapter a while. <laughs> yes, only what I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? How did you get the Holy Ghost? Because somebody said you got to be circumcised. you got to tithe. Huh? You got it because of what you believed. You heard the message of the truth. Received the Spirit by the works of the law? No, but by the hearing of faith. When will the church get a hold of this? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Now listen to what he's saying. Remember what he just said. Faith. What he says here is that faith is of the spirit and the works of the law are of the flesh. I didn't say it. Paul said it. I didn't say it. The apostle to the, to the Gentiles said it. The apostle to the Durantians said it. The apostle to the Okies said it. The apostle to all of us said it. I know there are Texans here too, so it includes you. Mr. Frank. Who else in here is a Texan tonight? God bless you. We love you, Texans. Glad you're here as long as you're giving the offering. <laughs> Take up an offering on Wednesday night. Verse 4. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law and by the hearing of faith? All right, then faith brings miracles. Faith brings miracles. Faith brings miracles. That's what's happening to me. Faith is bringing my miracle. I went down, way down, but I'm coming back. Amen. My little secretary looked at me. She's from Vietnam. Looked at me yesterday and she said, Dr. Holler, are you okay? I said, Yeah, I feel pretty good. She said, I said, Why? She said, You're all red. I said, I know my color's back. She said, <laughs> She said, That's not your real color, is it? I said, This is the way I look my whole life. Red. She said, I'm not used to that. Is that because you're Indian? I said, No. <laughs> because I'm German and Irish. 
and then a different color red. She doesn't know anything about us, you know, Okie, she, she, all of us are Indian. She doesn't know anything about that. She's from Vietnam. <laughs> I said, no, baby, this is my real color. I'm getting it all back. It's coming back in pieces, but it's coming back, praise God. Hallelujah. You have all stayed here and seen this miracle happening, haven't you? Glory to God. I'd be glad when I can kick my foot again. It looks like I just did. They're going to stand like Cody. <laughs> I love you, boy. Faith brings the miracles. Verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. I love that verse of Scripture. You all know I do. I can't go past it. i got to stop right here. <laughs> Accounted to him for righteousness. Not everybody's been here when I've taught this before. Huh? Donald knows it by heart. He's heard it every time I say it. <laughs> accounting, accounting, accounting. Anybody here getting ready for tax season? Any of you have an accountant? I have an accountant I send my stuff to. Miss Ann does. He's a good dude. He charges us way too much money. But I want him to have a nice vacation this summer, so I have to stay with him. I guess. <laughs> Accounting it to him as righteousness. God, all God received from Abraham was faith. And he accounted it as righteousness. Now an accountant has, has several jobs. One of his main jobs is to make sure all the pennies line up. If an accountant, anybody here done any bookkeeping? You know that if you have seven dollars on the six, let's say six dollars on the table, what are you supposed to put in the ledger? Six dollars. <laughs> can you put five and take one and stick in your pocket? No. You can, but they you go to jail eventually for that. <laughs> they send you to jail for that. Yeah, we used to have to look for a penny. A penny. They won't account for everything. Because it doesn't, doesn't match. You can't just say, well, let's just play, play, pretend it's there. Let's just play like it's there. No, you can't. It's got to be there. God accounted his faith for righteousness. You know, so, what, so what, I see the scene in heaven like this. <laughs> Dean, come help me. Bring, a, bring a folder, one of those folders with you. We just, you don't have to. All right, we're going to call Dean the accounting angel. That's what I'm talking about. His wings a little torn. Yeah. <laughs> now, Dean, now, Mr. Angel, accounting angel, I need you to, I'm going to be God for just a moment, okay? Is that all right? Giddy up. Giddy up. I need you to open that big account book, find the name Abram. 
A, B, R, A, M, and I'll be close to the front, A, B, you yeah. know. All right, find it. All right. You got it? Yeah. All right, now, I want you to put righteousness under his account. Uh-huh. You know how to spell righteousness? Act like you don't. I don't, because you're going to tell me. Okay, well, I'll show you, show you what he's in up. What am I showing you? I'm showing you faith, F-A-I-T-H. But write down right righteousness in the book. You confused me like that guy a while ago with Paul. Yeah. I can't, you can't write righteousness in the book. Why not? Because it ain't spelled the same. It's not, it's not the same thing. It has to be precise down to the penny. Thank you, Dean. Yes, sir. I can imagine that, that, that angel saying, Lord, I cannot write righteousness in this book because you know how the IRS is. Especially with Hillary. <laughs> you know how the IRS is? I can't do it, Lord. I just can't. Unless I hear you say you're the God of the universe, you say what is and what is not, I must hear you say, let me ask you something before I say what the angel said. Can an accountant write $6 in the accounting book if he has $6 on the table? Yep. Yes. Can he write a half a dozen dollars? Yep. Can he write a half a dozen dollars? Yep. Yeah, it's the same thing. If he's got a half a dozen dollars, he can write six in the, in the accounting book, can he? Because it's, it's why? It's the same thing. God can only account it as righteousness if God equates faith as the same thing as righteousness. He can't say to one day turn into righteousness. You can't tell me it'll, it'll be that, Lord. I have to hear you say that righteousness and faith are the same thing. The Lord God Almighty said, write it down. Faith is righteousness. Lord, how do you spell it? R-I-G-H-T-E-O-U-S-N-E-S-S. Faith is righteousness. It doesn't just become righteousness. It won't one day turn into righteousness, make you live right. It makes you right right now, right now, right, right now. Amen. It's a miracle of Almighty God to make a man righteous. It's the greatest miracle of all time. I had it happen to me. I couldn't believe the goodness of God. Hardly. I, I did believe it, but it was hard for me to accept. Because I had been a stinker. S-T-Y-N-K-E-R. <laughs> a stinker. I was a bad stinker. <laughs> Miss Ann said, yeah, I was. I didn't say R. She said, yes, you are. <laughs> I was a bad stinker. I played rock and roll music in the clubs. I did smoke a little dope. <laughs> I drank a lot of beer. <laughs> did a lot of things I should not do. I have a doctorate in theology, but that doesn't mean I wasn't born in Oklahoma. <laughs> I was still born in Oklahoma. Okies know how to party. Yes, we do. <laughs> the wrong way, <laughs> sadly. And I could not, I could not get over 
God loving me the way He did and forgiving me all that I had done. I wept and wept and wept. I was never called a sinner. I was never derided. Nobody ever got my face to do well, filthy sinner, you're going to hell, you got to re repent. I was not brought to Jesus that way. I was brought to Jesus by pure love. Amen. And it broke my heart so to know what I had done to him. To this day, I can't get over him. I found a change that changed everything for me. I no longer want to be a rock star. I don't want to be any kind of star. I just want to be follow the star of Jesus. It changed me so inside. My wife said, you look different out of your eyes, John. She said, I know you've changed because when you look at me, you look different out of your eyes. Eyes the windows of the soul, she says. Everything had changed. I became tender-hearted. I came to talk about Jesus right now without, him, without breaking down in tears right now. It's not because I'm afraid of Him. I'm not even sad about my sin anymore. I just can't hardly get over how much He loved me. That's what made me faithful. That's the only thing that ever makes anybody faithful to Him, is knowing how much He loves you. How many of you are married? Wow, my goodness. My goodness. I guess I won't be getting any ammo in anyway soon. <laughs> First wedding I did in this church, they paid me in ammo. I said, I love Oklahoma, get paid in ammo. That's awesome. From <laughs> me. Bought me nine millimeter shells from my pistol. That's sweet. You got a special on them? <laughs> You're married if uh, the courthouse burned down and you lost your marriage license. Are you still married? Well, under the law, legally, you could probably walk. Do you women want a, want a man who stays with you because you have a marriage license? No. He pulls, it out, pulls out the law and says, we're married, I have to stay with you, I don't love you anymore, but I'm going to stay with you because we've got this law. <laughs> How many of you want that kind of man? No. no. You'd rather than just take that marriage license and go on down the road, wouldn't yeah. you? This is why most people go to church and serve God today. They're afraid of the law. Jesus is looking for lovers who know how much he loves them. They walk with him because, because they love him. Can't get over him. The wonders of his person being so, so thoroughly given over to them. I have found a lot of people in my life who know God, but they don't know the Father. Yeah. They know God, but they don't know the Father. And they certainly don't know the high priest. The high priest existed for one reason. You know why the high priest existed in Israel? When he went into the temple, 
into the tabernacle and made those sacrifices. Let me ask you a question. Did that forgive Egypt's sins? No, no it did nothing for Egypt, did it? Did it forgive the Canaanite sins? No, no they all died miserable deaths. Who did the high priest serve? In serving God, he served God's people. He only existed for the errors, the wrongs, the sins, if you will, of God's own people to keep them in covenant with God. It wasn't about getting them saved. It was about keeping them saved. That's why a high priest existed. You have a high priest He's not trying to get you saved. He's just keeping you saved. Yeah, amen. amen. He exists for one reason. For one reason. To keep you saved. Yep. Stop trying to save yourself. Just love the one who saved you. Amen. amen. Is that good tonight? Amen. You're welcome. Verse 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of of Abraham. So what does that mean? You get your righteousness just like Abraham got his righteousness by faith. Know ye therefore they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. Verse 8. We're going to have to turn to Genesis. I'll read this to you. Then we're going to turn to Genesis 15. Galatians 3.8 says, And the scripture... Casey, can you come up here? I want you to read this for me. Read that scripture. It's on the wall. Loud. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Now who preached the gospel to Abraham? The scripture. It didn't say God, did it? It said the scriptures preached to Abraham. The scriptures, the Bible preached to Abraham. Now, how did that happen? Abraham was 400 years or 500 years before Moses, and Moses wrote the first five books. How did the scriptures <laughs> preach to Abraham? And they were not manifested in the earth four or five hundred years. Genesis 15, 1. Read it, Casey. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham, Abram in a vision, saying, Fear Abram in a, in a what? Vision. The word came in a vision. The word of the Lord came in a vision. The word came in something he could see. Right. Oh, what, what kind of word is a word you can see? Can you see my words? No. no. Cameron, can you see my words? No. You're hearing them. You're hearing my words, but you can't see them until you read them. Words that you see are words that are written down. The scriptures preached to Abraham in that vision, God rolled, opened a scroll. Let Abraham see Jesus in advance. Jesus said, it. he said, Abraham saw my day. This event right here, God was opening the scroll. 
this Bible, this Bible we have was written in heaven long before we ever saw it. It is the Word of God that even God operates by. Thank you, Casey. The Word of God that even God operates by. He operates by the same book that we do. You know why I know God's so really ready to forgive? Because Jesus said to Peter, forgive 70 times, seven times every day. And would God require you to do something He would not be willing to do? How many times a day would you say you asked God to forgive you something once, twice? Maybe go two or three times, two or three days without having to ask for forgiveness. Huh? Am I in the right crowd of y'all at 490 times a day? Anybody here at 490 times a day? I hope not. <laughs> You need to get in counseling, Miss Ann. You're serious. No, but Jesus said, you have to be that way. If you have to be that way, that means that God is even more that way. God has taken the disposition of forgiveness with mankind because He can. Turn to... Uh, reason I know this is true, because Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. Right? Turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. Memory, don't let me down now. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 18, I think. You remember the story. Naaman the leper the Syrian general comes down to Samaria to find, the, to find the prophet who can heal him of his leprosy. Yeah. Is that the story? Yep. What does verse 18 say? In this thing the Lord... All right, that's right. <laughs> we can get to verse 18. Before he says this, he, he, he gets his miracle. He comes back to Elisha trying to say, let me pay you for this. He says, no, I'll take no money. And he comes close and he says, in this thing, go back to 18. In this thing, the Lord pardon thy servant. Talk to the prophet. Now listen to me. When he's talking to the prophet, who's he talking to? God. He's talking to God. And he knows he's talking to God when he talks to that prophet. He says, in this thing, the Lord pardon thy servant. That when my master goeth into the house of Raman to worship there, and leaneth upon my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Raman, the false god, when I bow myself down, bow down myself in the house of Raman, the Lord pardon thy servant in this thing. Oh, how'd that happen? Here's a Gentile, just like us, asking for forgiveness in advance. You can't do that. You can't say, God, forgive me for what I'm about to do. Unless God's showing us something right here. See, the children of Israel, the three Hebrews that were thrown in the fire furnace, you know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, 
and the big Negro, bed Negro. My black friends like that joke. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in Babylon. In Babylon. And they said, We will not bow down. They said, We either bow or burn. And why did they just say something like this? Well, we have to bow, but we're standing up on the inside. We're bowing down on the outside, but we're still standing up on the inside. Why did they just say that? Why didn't they just say, Lord, forgive us? We have to bow not to lose our lives, but forgive us in advance for what we're about to do. Why didn't they pray this prayer? It worked a long time before they came along. Why not? Anybody know? Because they're Jews. They couldn't get away with it. They were under the law. The Syrian, the Syrian Gentiles not under the law. He's saved like you and I are saved by grace. Notice the next thing that he says to him. He says to him, "Go in peace." What do you go in? Peace. What kind of gospel do we have? The gospel of peace means that God is at peace with man. Your, forgi your forgiveness is done. It's an act that's already done. God redeems you the moment He redeemed Christ from the, the dead. All it took was for you to say, I'm identifying by faith with Jesus Christ. Whatever happened to Him has happening to me. Amen. He overcame death, hell, and the grave, and every sin that, that was caused by it. Ever sin that caused death, Jesus unraveled. Amen. Amen. Scripture foresaw this. Abraham saw it in a scroll, I believe, from heaven. Preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, These shall all nations be blessed. Verse 9 So then they which shall be of faith are blessed with faith. We're not just the children of Abraham, we are blessed with Abraham. What kind of blessing was on Abraham? Anybody, anybody know? Righteousness of faith. That was a blessing. What else? He was rich. That blessing is on you. Amen. You don't have to live in poverty. You've been blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Abraham was not broke one day of his life after he met God. Not one day was he broke. Anybody here tired of being broke? Use your faith to believe you're a child of Abraham and have a right to be blessed. Amen. Have a right to be blessed, Almighty God. Have children, children's, 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 children's. Have a large family. You're blessed with that. So that they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. I, looked, I like first mention things and last mention things. And I took those two laws of hermeneutics and I ran it to its ultimate extreme. 
found something amazing. First, the first word of the Old Testament is what? Anybody know? In. Anybody know what the last word of the Old Testament is? Curse. That pretty well sums it up, doesn't it? In curse. Anybody know what the first word of the New Testament is? The. The last word of the New Testament is Amen. The book of Revelation tells us that Jesus is the Amen. You're either in curse or the Amen. Glory to God. I'm in the Amen tonight. Curse is everyone that continues not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Thank God Jesus became the curse for me. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by, let me hear you say it, by faith, and being convinced of the truth of the